Welcome to Tree Talking Time, where we talk all things tree dogs. From the smallest fights to the largest hounds, drink squirrels to bears and everything in between. And from time to time, we might even run a little fast game. Welcome back to Tree Talking Time. I'm here with a very special guest. It's not every day you get to talk to somebody so influential when you're talking about a breed of dog and, and you know, the guy that literally wrote the book. So I'm here with Vladimir. How do you say your last name? Birgavoy. I will butcher that so I will not try. Vladimir is, like I said, he is literally the guy that wrote the book on West Siberian Lycas. Um, Alex and Darren, who both have been on here to talk about West Siberian Lycas, both highly recommend your book to anybody interested in them. And so since I was in the neighborhood, I figured I'd stop in and talk to you about them. Okay. So why don't you just introduce yourself and tell me a little bit about yourself. Okay. My name is Vladimir Bergovoy. I am owner and breeder of West Siberian Lycas and try to popularize the breed among hunters in the United States. Since the early time when I brought the first pair of these dogs from Russia, it was in 1990. And since then, gradually, uh, the dog became growing in popularity. Definitely. Among squirrel hunters and raccoon hunters, mm -hmm. anything which can be treated. Yeah. And uh, since then, Laika became well, pretty well familiar mm -hmm. to Americans and popular among certain kind of hunters. Yeah, definitely. Tried it. Many of them became dedicated to Laika. Mm -hmm. And uh, currently, we have a new man here, it is Alex Kurashov. Yes. Who is actually in the business of opening a new page in the history of Laika. Mm -hmm. Because after raccoon and squirrel hunting, now the bear hunting is coming yeah. in popularity with Laika. Definitely. Showing it can be easily, it can and be uh, done. In our updated version of my book, we have an addendum. Okay. Which is written by Alex. Very cool. So if you read that book, you'll read both me and Alex too. Is that published <laughs> An addendum already? about bears specifically. Okay. Now, is that already published or? It is currently published and Yes, you can bring the book. Sure. This is a nice book for everyone listening. I'm flipping through this book real quick just so I can see it. And it's a very nice book. Very hard, nice hardcover book. Nice color photos in there. Gives a lot of the history, parasites, shedding. I mean, just general information about the breeds. Different game hunted with the breeds. Very nice. It's a very nice book. Mm -hmm. i have to get me a copy. So... Let's talk about the history of these breeds, the, the Leica breeds, and ex you, you have West Siberian, right? Leicas, mm -hmm. right? Yes. So we'll, let's, let's focus just on the West Siberian Leicas, and let's talk about the history. Um, like I said, you, you literally wrote the book. It's sitting here in front of me, and uh, mm -hmm. so let's hear a little bit about the history of these dogs. Okay, the history starts very early time. Perhaps with native people, the dogs were since time when people use spears and bow and arrow, mm -hmm. and when firearms came use the dog became even more beneficial to mm -hmm. natives and actually it is going beyond maybe a couple of thousand years back mm -hmm. in Siberia and uh, as I uh, 
investigated the literature, similar dogs were in Indians. Mm -hmm. Indians had very similar dogs. And some of them, particularly in American Northwest, hunted with these dogs in a similar way. Okay. But uh, European settlers were not hunters specifically. They didn't pay attention mm -hmm. to those primitive dogs. They brought <laughs> their own dogs and yep. Indian dogs were lost gradually. Yeah. So genetically, it is not very much new. But Siberian natives were in advantage against mm -hmm. Indians because they had Chinese high culture in the south okay. and Russia in the west. So they, when they obtained the valuable pelts, like sable, it was almost like gold at that time. Okay. They traded and sold to Chinese and to Russians. Mm -hmm. So Laika became particularly valuable to natives because it brought meat to the table, food for the clothing, and money by yeah. trading. So this breed was improved and sharpened in process of using it okay. by native people. Mm -hmm. And uh, initially, Russians were not very fond of it, just like American settlers. Mm -hmm. They considered dogs of savages and primitive people. They liked European breeds, and they had all like Barzoi to hunt. Aristocracy preferred yeah. uh, duck hunting and grouse hunting or wolf so, hunting. Like you said, so these, these quote-unquote yes. primitive breeds yes. were looked down upon. Yes, but in the end of 19th century, educated Russian class, Russian people, educated class and nobility paid attention to remarkable dogs of natives. They noticed that they're highly efficient at hunting. So they began adopting it. And the very word Laika emerged exactly in early 20th century. Before that, they called Siberian dog, dog of Siberian people. Okay. Even there were no name. Mm -hmm. And under Soviet government, they decided to save the breed by establishing formal standards yeah. for four breeds. Okay. Among which were Russo-European Laika, mm -hmm. black and white dog, yep. which is ident almost identical to Karelian bear dog. Mm -hmm. West Siberian Laika. East Siberian Laika and Karela Finnish Laika. Yeah. Actually, Karela Finnish Laika is almost a sibling breed to Finnish Spitz. Mm -hmm. But uh, West Siberian and East Siberian are only in Russia. Gotcha. And in America, we have only West Siberian simply historically because I like this breed and I brought it here. Okay. If I started with other Laika breed in Russia, I would probably do the <laughs> same, but... So my heart is this uh, West Siberian, and we have them here. Gotcha. And we started importing first dogs in the 90s. I brought quite a few, maybe first five, six dogs gradually. Mm -hmm. And other people began bringing. Okay. And I kept in touch with them, and we coordinated our breeding. There you go. And this is how breed was growing. Mm -hmm. And recently... Uh, Alex Kurashov brought excellent dogs yeah. by appearance and by hunting ability. I'm sure they will go after squirrel too if needed. Because I, think, I think the one he's got, he's going to make a squirrel dog out of. Yes, and it is actually the same technique. The dog is sniffing tracks or is listening. Mm -hmm. Game is found, the dog is barking in the tree. It doesn't matter to the dog, raccoon, a possum, or bear, squirrel. Yep. So what you hunt 
the dog will work for you. Yeah. And um, it is what is amazing to me, the dog found itself in the new world, literally. Because in Russia, they don't hunt black bear, they hunt brown bear. Yep. But brown bear sometimes doesn't go up tree, yeah. just being bait. And they don't have a possum, raccoon, wild turkey. But Laika found all this. And you can hunt wild turkey with Laika too. Mm-hmm. Somehow it is in there embedded in their brains so they know what, what you need may need. Yeah. It will not uh, tree a woodpecker or crow. Mm-hmm. It will tree craft grouse mm-hmm. or turkey and dog knows all that. Interesting. Didn't they will start that. hunting what is available. That's pretty cool. Now when did you get your first West Siberian Laika? Uh, my first was still in Russia. Mm-hmm. I was a Graduated student, began work as a biologist, and I knew about the dogs. Okay. So after having experience with other dogs in Russia, before Laika, mm-hmm. I got a puppy and was so pleased with it, so I couldn't forget this dog. Gotcha. When I came here, I kept in memory my Vesebirin Laika, and it was my dream someday to get them here. Mm-hmm. And the opportunity offered when I bought land, house and land, and uh, Russia became a democratic country, and we were able to import okay. first pair. And this is how it all started. Gotcha. And the first pair was, uh, Americans thought it was a Siberian husky, <laughs> yeah. or hybrid, or mixed with a wolf. Yep. And I got letters, emails, which tried to put me down. What the hell you <laughs> brought here? It is a mix with wolf. Mm-hmm. And one man even wrote, this is woman's dog. <laughs> Men's dogs are pendulous ears, like hounds. But this is damsel skip Siberian husky because they're cute and you pushing. <laughs> That's so, funny. And only gradually a couple of squirrel hunters came from Arkansas okay. and bought first puppies, believing my words. Mm-hmm. And one man from Alaska who came and said, if only 50% of what you say is true, it is worth it to try. Yeah. So, and then word of mouth and my publications and Full Cry and mm-hmm. uh, some other periodicals. Yeah. Uh, one article in Field and Stream and gradually people began appreciating the dog. And mm-hmm. Here we now. Now, how hard were they to import when you first started? Was that process pretty hard or yes at that time it was hard it was just 90s still they it was perestroika time time and they didn't allow to export purebred animals some people some officials thought it was not good Mm -hmm. but we managed to bring two of them here okay claiming they were mongrels (laughs) no papers yeah so I faced a big problem how to register them. I knew they were purebred and they acted like purebred and looked like purebred, mm-hmm. but no papers. Yeah. And um, an obscure registry, they call themselves um, International Canines. Okay. It is American one. They took him. And after that, UKC recognized them. Okay. And took my dogs, registered them as is, first import. Nice. Then followed importation came dogs with pedigrees mm-hmm. up to date. So it, the process is continuing. Yeah. We need more 
different blood dog to keep the breed going strong. Mm -hmm. uh, so it was brief history. Yeah. Now, how many over the years? How many dogs do you think you've imported? Over the years, I think about twenty. Okay. Yes, and That's... it is still going on. Mm -hmm. And I imported probably six or seven of them from beginning. Mm -hmm. And it was nucleus, the first lines. Yeah. And they were good purebred Lycus. They had one hit per per year. Yeah. Aboriginal dogs, primitive dogs, they have one hit per year. Uh, but now quite a few have eight months cycle. Okay. But uh, one hit period is uh, the best proof mm -hmm. of true Lyca. Okay. And natives appreciated it because dog with puppies one per year. Yep. Longer available for hunting. Yep. Because you will not want to go with dog in heat mm -hmm. in woods. So they were good dogs and more and more importations. And now we have, I don't know how many, maybe a couple of hundred, maybe more, including yeah. Canada. Now you just mentioned something about, you know, the Aboriginal, a lot of primitive, primitive breeds only coming into heat once a year. I don't think a lot of people realize that. Yes, uh, but it is good if people know this. Like, because like as are not the are ex, are not exclusive in that there's a lot of, there's not yes. I won't say a lot but there's a good handful of breeds that are all classified yes. as primitive breeds that so all, if you have a like of it one hit period you have the very best biologically mm -hmm. but hunting ability is separate it, it doesn't yeah. depend mm -hmm. and usually it comes together but most of them build tree yeah and treeing ability is probably unique and the most remarkable trait which is not available in the wolf. Mm -hmm. yep. And crossing with wolf will destroy it. They will not trivial. Yeah. You may go after wild boar with take, taking a mix mm -hmm. with wolf, but not good treeing on squirrel and other game, because to a wolf it would be stupid to stay on the Stand tree and barking. <laughs> game wasting time and force energy. Now, is that something that you saw when you lived in Russia? That oh, yes, yes. In, in my time, Actually, every single Laika was treeing dog, mm -hmm. perfectly treeing. Only last probably decades, Russians became liking dog which would not tree because oh. they go after wild boar. Gotcha. They think, why to waste time at barking squirrel? Go after wild boar. And so now importation should be done very carefully. Investigate gotcha. what you take. Mm -hmm. Just appearance and papers will tell you nothing. Yeah. They should be, both parents should be treating well. Mm -hmm. But uh, when I made first importations, it was actually 100% treating dogs. Okay. Alex actually told me that you stayed and lived with the indigenous people to learn about these dogs. Could you tell me a little bit about that? Oh, yes, a short time. Yes, yes, yes. I had a short, brief experience. Actually, most people were Russian hunters, but I traveled to North Urals mountains in my friend and I, we lived with Aboriginal people, with natives, people mm -hmm. of Mansi. Okay. And this is when I learned a lot more how they keep, mm -hmm. how they hunt. How long did you live with them? Not long, a couple of weeks. Okay. But it was winter time. Yeah. They saw how they feed them, keep them, and take them to hunt. Now, how did things look over there? Like, what did you observe? Okay. It was... Um, very much different from majority of us can afford. 
Mansi live in log cabins which they build themselves. Family groups, usually relatives, uh, like parents, kids, cousins. Mm -hmm. Two, three log cabins in the deep, real wilderness. No roads, no groceries, um, no medical assistance or veterinary, nothing like that. Jeez. And the dog keep, kept off leash all the time. Mm -hmm. Just free. If he won't go, but the dog will not go because it's death. Yeah. Nobody will feed. Bears, wolves will kill. Mm -hmm. And dogs hang around the house, usually five, six dogs per family. Okay. But when hunting season comes, they tether them. Okay. Because the dog should be available when he wants to go to hunt. Otherwise, she may catch some lemmings, mice to feed itself. And remarkably, they almost don't feed their dogs, particularly in the summer. They make them just free, you know, take care of themselves. They just scavenge and find something to eat and catch rodents. Okay. They're always skinny, very hungry. But in the fall and hunting season, they start feeding them more or less systematically. And this time when dogs can really gorge, like they, they go after moose. Okay. They shoot moose, take the meat on their backs, no transportation. Sometimes yeah. reindeer available to pull the meat to storage place. And people and dogs are very happy. And dogs don't come home. They eat guts and whatever hunter left behind. Okay. And when it is finished, they come back. Hmm. So they compete with wolverines yeah. and foxes and wolves, whatever it is. So it is very free uh, life. A and they don't breed them systematically like we do with yeah. pedigrees, because no other dogs, only mm. good like us. Okay. And uh, which male will sire the puppies, they not always really know, mm -hmm. because a few of them. But they know the mother. Yeah. So the selection was done mainly by the mother. If the mother is a good hunting dog, they try to save puppies. Okay. And uh, they never sold puppies. Mm -hmm. Puppies were given gifts to relatives, to friends. And if nobody wants puppies, they just put them in the bucket, kill. With water. Yeah. And uh, brutal out there. They don't need many dogs because yep. feeding is difficult. Yeah. No cable sold anywhere. Mm -hmm. So, despite this not very systematic feeding, mm -hmm. the feeding was still vital, yeah. particularly in winter time. Definitely. And uh, even in the summer, they feed sometimes, but what we can see, they don't eat very well. They make sort of soup. Okay. I saw it like he kept uh, moose, legs, tendons, which have some nutrients yeah. hanging on the tree. <laughs> he take these parts and put in boiled water. Okay. On fire. Yep. It's boiling. He throws a couple of handfuls of millets. Uh, it is a, it here it is like fancy food, but <laughs> in that country it was the cheapest possible. Yeah. So it was like a soup puree with this uh, things, and he gave to every dog and. Uh, in the winter time, it was better. They had extra supply of meat for dogs, like mm -hmm. parts which are not wanted by people, like throat or some okay. lungs. Yeah. Lungs are not highly nutrient, but mm -hmm. 
they gave it to dogs to give pretty decent food. Yeah. Every other day, not every day. One day dogs eat well, another day either waits or catches for himself. Interesting. Uh, I had a, a chance to take one of his dogs. I asked him, will she go with me in woods? I will hunt squirrels. He said, okay, just take, she will start. I took her and the dog was very sulky, didn't look playful. Mm-hmm. And I had some dry bread in my backpack. So I offered her a little piece. Oh, she grabbed and ate it readily. But she I saw she's hungry. Then I, I saw birds around, crossbills flock. So I shot one, gave it to dog, and she chewed like a candy with feathers and head and legs. Ate it all. The whole thing. And then I began finding, she barked squirrels for me. Okay. I shot squirrel, but before I took it, the dog grabbed it and vanished. <laughs> I bet she did. She came home. I told him, he didn't, she didn't hunt for me. She grabbed my squirrel. said, oh, I'm surprised, but probably I was nobody to the dog. Yeah. For him, she would hunt. Yep. But not for me. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, everything was specific because it was a roadless country. Mm-hmm. And most valuable game was moose because it was meat. Yeah. If, if they didn't meet, they took to the nearby town and sold to Russians. Okay. Uh, the, the skin, because they use it for bedding, mm-hmm. for dogs or during hunting time in a cabin. And sable, of course. Okay. And bear. He had a whole collection of bear skulls he hunted. That's you, pretty cool. A few dozens. Mm-hmm. And not every dog is good on bear, but a squirrel. But his, the dog has like a value mm-hmm. a list in his brains. The most valuable, moose, bear. Gotcha. So if he hits trucks, no squirrels. Goes after those. But if he wants squirrels, he pokes in the trucks and then that squirrel one after another. That really surprises me that this breed has been known to be such a good tree dog. If the primary focus is, the primary two focuses are, are brown bear and moose, yes, yes. which neither gain trees. Yes. You bay both of those. No. So it surprises me that they're such good tree dogs because you would think yes. you breed dogs for moose hunting or you breed dogs for brown bear hunting. Uh, they're they, not going to necessarily okay. make good tree dogs. This is related to way of life of these people mm-hmm. uh, very much, particularly ability not to afraid bear. Because... Uh, Bear was next door, a neighbor to them. Mm-hmm. It was bear country. Yeah. But they had deer, reindeer, sometimes a cow, mm-hmm. more than one. And they needed hay. They picked berries, nuts, and children, and wives went to harvest it. Mm-hmm. And they took lycus with them. And this has made life with bear possible. Yeah, keep the bears away. Yes, because if the bear, the dog is best warning system. Yep. And they, seeing the bear, like I will not rush towards your feet. Such Mm -hmm. a dog, they would shoot it because it is a bait. and The bear would come to you and kill you too. So it takes attention on on itself. Okay. It was always on the opposite side. Even when treeing, you see tree like you're here. Squirrel or other animal on the tree, like on the opposite side. Okay. If you go around, the dog does the same. 
Gotcha. Never between you and game. Always on the opposite side. Same with bear. Interesting. Yes, and it makes like possible. Mm-hmm. So they just go home or wait until bear will retreat. Mm-hmm. No, no, no bloodshed. Everything is fine. Nobody is shooting. Gotcha. Continue picking berries <laughs> or making hay. Yeah. But with moose, it is also interesting because no roads. They mm-hmm. don't like, like, uh, I asked him, did you, did you try other dogs? He had German Shepherd. Yeah. Because uh, camps, labor camps of Stalin were protected by German Shepherds. Yeah. And like many things, government closed the camp and drew, dumped the dogs. So he adopted dogs and took after moose. They go after moose, but no hunting. Because moose is afraid. Yeah. It runs like crazy. In 50, 40 miles for moose, nothing. Yeah. But he cannot keep up with his skis to find that moose. If, so no, no being, just chasing. Yeah, just driving but, it. But Laika never comes towards moose on straight lane. Circles it. It is always coming and make it a circle. Like, like wolves do when they find moose. They test. Yeah. Laika is testing. And if moose is very aggressive, it shakes head and tries to kill the dog with hoofs or mm-hmm. antlers. And this is like a once. She barks and stays, stays at a distance. Yep. I watched f- for many minutes this behavior mm-hmm. with binocular. It was very funny, very interesting. Moose keeps browsing and the dog is barking, but it is signal to the hunter. Yep. So your task is come up quiet and shoot. And you make decision, shoot or not. Maybe it is a pregnant female and you want to, mm-hmm. to spare it. or It's up to you. Yeah. Plenty of time. And not far from you. And hearing distance. Yeah. Like a, not like some other mini dogs go, like missiles. Yeah. But not like, like hounds. Yes. Mm-hmm. They go and, deep. Yes. <laughs> and, one, and so it, the dog doesn't look very aggressive. It is making squealing sounds. And I saw my own dog left moose for a few minutes peeing here without hurry, marking, scent marking by peeing, mm-hmm. going here, and then again, ah, ah, around <laughs> moose. So it looks like sort of play or bluffing or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it is how the hunting is going on. It is specific behavior, moose hunting. Yeah. And with bear barking is more aggressive. Of yeah. course. And the hunter, when he listens his dog, by voice and style of barking, he knows it is squirrel, maybe sable. Sable sounds very exciting. Okay. Uh, the same with squirrel or raccoon. Mm-hmm. Like I will bark at raccoon more hysterical. Yeah. Or it is a moose. Mm-hmm. He knows already. Yeah. So take the right. I mean, just like. Any, a lot of hunters here in the yes. United States, you know what your dog's doing by mm-hmm. the, by the yes. you know, whether it's a Leica or a hound or a yes, cur, yes. you can tell. Yes, it is, <laughs> uh, so it is very specific beha- system, complex behavior. Mm-hmm. So, and they didn't select dog for breeding. They simply supported dogs, which yeah. were doing well. Yeah. If not, they are just abandoned. Okay. Not feed, it is the same as kill, almost the same. Gotcha. Or maybe used for other purposes. And they were not particularly sentimental people. They appreciated good dogs and kept mm-hmm. 
during years so-called retirement the gotcha. dog doesn't hunt but he saved his life he knows this dog yeah but at the same time if dog is not good or they use for pills okay they had moccasins made of moose and dog pills gotcha you will see some national ornamental ornamented garments with pieces of dog mm-hmm. skins go there too so they did not hesitate to use dog which is maybe less valuable for hunting yep so it was not selection like uh, keeping in isolation in crates and pens no they're yeah. nomadic people they're always on the move yep so it was almost like natural selection actually gotcha and like you said so the ones that didn't that didn't hunt either were killed and, and utilized you know for their yes. fur or yes. or they were just abandoned and yes and, and uh, it, often it was uh, selection against the worst dogs yeah uh, but uh, the best dog of course was cherished and loved and very much mm-hmm. and it was also interesting how they were feeding you know like is a quarrelsome dog okay it is not like hounds oh they're individualistic and very they love themselves and want to please themselves but hunting is became like a part of their adaptation to survive mm-hmm. because if not good hunting they die <laughs> yes it is the end of it and uh, like uh, he has meat in with him mm-hmm. he came to the hunt and they will feed dog by night tomorrow go hunting and what he he gives gives the best good chunk of meat to alpha dog okay usually male mm-hmm. He grabs and goes to eat. Then comes second picking order. Mm-hmm. And dogs which are last one get last food. Gotcha. Why different? Because no fights. Mm-hmm. Dogs already established it. And if um, second, third rank dog comes to eat, he might get a good punishment from the male. Yeah. He will not allow. Mm-hmm. If not the male, the owner himself will give it a good, good kick okay know your place gotcha <laughs> so it kept peace and harmony mm-hmm. the natural way <laughs> so it was selection like for wild animals yeah. <laughs> in effect and very uh, similar i saw that he he liked his male dog very much which was number one he said he will go after sable and moose mm-hmm. which is most frequent game and gotcha. bear and even like a sportsman and goes to hunt and dog finds bear he wants to, to get game because it is his vacation maybe mm-hmm. weekend but for two months it is like we go to grocery everyday yeah. business yep and uh, i saw the case when the bear was bait by dogs but he didn't shoot and the question is why didn't shoot the bear was here he said did you see grass tall grass around the bear could grab my dog because mm. it was above below bear but above the dog so it would be grabbed yeah he didn't want to risk i will find another one interesting oh it was it, to him it was like i said everyday life event yep. not like oh it is bear <laughs> yep. it, it, so it is different and even more dogs were so smart mm-hmm. uh sitting in the cabin chatting with him eat moose meat and drink tea they appreciate teas very strong just awful strong <laughs> and dog barking uh he said oh this is moose but he doesn't jump he doesn't, doesn't grab his rifle he said 
they will bring it closer. That's Indeed, awesome. barking is louder and louder because they they are circling around, yeah. barking this without a hurry. Almost but like a herding behavior. Yes, yes, they move closer and he knows and dogs know. Yeah. Oh, this is the time. He's <laughs> stops drinking tea, takes rifle, and sometimes without hat, very light dress, just boots. Yeah. Goes and shoots moves. But why? It makes sense because he's using his muscles and shoulders. Mm -hmm. He doesn't want to go half mile. Yeah. And Let now the dog it is bring, close. It, bring it closer to the house. Yes, yes. And uh, to store meat, they built a special structures. They call it somya. Okay. Language which is like a miniature log cabin without windows, but with door. But okay. it is on big stilts. Mm -hmm. It is scaffold. out. <laughs> yes. And the ladder, which is just a big log with this kind of... Yep. Uh, so not just cut. It is not like ladder we use. Yep. So he can get in. It is to store meat. Because they have uh, bears, which can, when he's not home hunting, Mm -hmm. It can destroy and eat meat. And Wolverine. Yeah. They didn't like Wolverine because it was always oh, very masterful. Climb anywhere and open anything. Yeah. And the, the moose meat is stored for cold season. When frosty weather established, mm -hmm. this is time when they store meat for the family to go through the winter. Mm -hmm. And the meat is good. It, it never freezer dried. Yeah. Because what they do, they take water and wet snow and slap it on the meat covering it all because it is retains freshen no, okay. no plastic nothing <laughs> so they put the snow so he takes a hatchet and just crush that ice take the meat take home to eat Very and a little bit more a little bit more and the, mm -hmm. so they have a lot of little things which are uh, may seem strange or yeah unexpected but this is way of life with no groceries. Yeah. Nothing. And if dog is ill or injured badly, two choices. Either survives or dies. Yeah. No veterinarian. Mm -hmm. Therefore, they're very smart and very tough, very healthy dogs. Like and everybody said, who has Laika noticed it. A lot of natural selection there just because of the remoteness of them. So, like you said, there's... If it's dog's not tough, it's it's not going to survive. It's not going to yes, yes. procreate. So yes, it's it not is. gonna pass those genetics. Yes, exactly. So they under conditions similar to conditions of wild animal. Yep. Very similar. And sometimes maybe even more demanding because even weather is bad, the dog stays with owner mm -hmm. right here. But wolf may find a more cozy place because he's free to run. These dogs here. And actually, there were very few wolves there. Okay. Because wolf doesn't like uh, old old forest growth. Gotcha. It's deep snow. He likes open spaces, like field made by people or northern tundra. Okay. Or prairie, because uh, it provides better environment for hunting, gotcha. wolf style. But... I've never lived in wolf country. I don't know, I don't yes. know much about wolves. And when um, Russians began deforestation, mm -hmm. wolves were advancing northward. Gotcha. And um, these same people occasionally shot wolf too. Mm -hmm. But it was not 
hunting on purpose, but just uh, maybe to protect his dogs or yeah. like that. But bear hunting too, it came to them when the Russians gave them firearms. Mm-hmm. It is just like with Indians, when the Russians were advancing in Siberia, they found native tribes hunting with bow and arrow. Yep. And uh, of course, they Christianized them, baptized them in this advancement of European culture was carried by Russians. Mm-hmm. And uh, bear hunting showed up because to natives, bear is a holy animal. Okay. They like deity. Mm-hmm. And they kill bear only if it will be killing people or doing yeah. something yeah. bad, so they kill it. But it is like a big deal to go to, to shoot bear. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but with Russians, it became more systematic because they sold pelts, yep. bear, and meat to Russians too. Okay. Definitely. But they eat bear meat themselves. At the same point, before firearms. To go after a bear without a firearm would have been very dangerous. Oh, yes. So, spears and. It wouldn't necessarily be worth the risk. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yes, and even their name for firearms in their language is archaic Russian name. What's that? For example, uh, you don't know Russian, but I will try (laughs) to explain. For example, a gun. Mm -hmm. Russians call gun. Okay. They gun. Ruzio or Vintovka rifle. Okay. But oh, they say no, we call it different. And he will tell you. In our language, it is pistol. Because Russian frontiersmen hundreds of years ago who came there gave it, they call it pistol. Okay. It was pistol in Russian. Gotcha. <laughs> it is in their language now. Mm-hmm. And uh, so they, their Russian is not perfectly. The same. Today's Russian, because they learned it from old Russian frontiersmen. Yeah. It was funny. Like they, if you're frightened and run away because you're frightened badly. Yeah. In, in, in Russian, it is not, it is derogatory, not good uh, word for that. Okay. It is like you pooped in your pants. Okay. It's, in the language, it is you frightened. Gotcha. <laughs> in Russian, it was funny. That's very interesting, like how these de- these dogs have developed and uh, over there now. Now, since you got them here, what have, what have you hunted? Here's squirrels. That's what you were, yes. your primary... I, I shoot a few raccoons, but I don't know how to sell their pills and what the use of it. I don't mm-hmm. like to shoot animals when I don't have any use. Yep. I should either eat it or sell it something but yeah not just kill mm-hmm. no that makes sense and uh, so i hunted squirrel okay. mainly. but my buddies he, he in virginia one of them hunted wild turkey yeah and he discovered it himself and told me i, I was not surprised mm-hmm. and he hunted wild turkey very cool and one male it was not the hunting season i have this male now i just took him for a walk in national forest Mm-hmm. And then I hear he's barking, and barking not big game style, mm-hmm. choppy at intervals, and turkey flock flying in my direction, and they lighted on trees around me because I was quiet. And yeah, if I had a rifle, I would probably bring <laughs> one or two of them. But how it happened, accident, or he knew something? 
Yeah. But they came over me. It did happen a number of times. That's pretty cool. I don't know how it happens. And I had a buddy in Great Lakes region. Mm-hmm. And he hunted wild geese okay. in geese hunting season. Mm-hmm. And he walked towards the lake, saw this American typical hunt, goose hunters with decoys and water. Yep. They were laid, laying and waiting mm-hmm. in camouflage. But he had like a. So the dog joyfully ran ahead. And very soon he see flock group of geese flying right over his head. He shot. There and this go. is how he was hunting. Yeah. With like a style. <laughs> but funny. how it happened, why? What is in, inside the dog's head? I don't know. But he consistently did that. Yeah. He ran ahead and geese fly over his head. That's interesting. Yes. Especially like like you said, it's multiple dogs, multiple different types of Oh, game, yes, yes. And they just do it instinctively. Yes. And when they hunt uh, natives, they always have in mind to bring something home. Mm-hmm. Because as I said, no grocery, no roads, yeah. nothing. So they, he's, he wants meat. He wants some pelts for cl- making clothing for himself and yeah. his family. Or something to sell. Sable pelt, it is gold nugget. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, it is very old tradition, unlike with Indians who were isolated. Natives of Siberia were in touch with Russians and Chinese. Okay. In both ways, brought the money. When they brought yeah. their hunting trophies, they got powder, they get tobacco, and tea. <laughs> so it was natural product. Yeah. Not necessarily money, because what he will do with money. Yeah. And so it was supported need mm-hmm. in good dogs. Yeah. Dogs which feed and bring money. So that trade has been very established. Yes, it was very, well, very old. Mm-hmm. In, in uh, East Siberia, it was Chinese, then Russians joined them. Mm-hmm. In West Siberia and East Europe, Northeast Europe, Russians were just... Next door. Definitely. And uh, some uh, Russian adventurists uh, made good money by traveling to wilderness, just mm-hmm. like Americans traveled to find gold. Yeah. Instead, gold, it was uh, belts of sable. Yep. In uh, Adazar, uh, Ivan the Terrible, mm-hmm. if you know the history I'm of that a part, <laughs> a good history. sable belt could bring money enough to buy 50 60 acres of arable land wow because it was highly appreciated by russian czars good pelt of sables would trade with shakh of iran with kings of europe yeah. and this is what russians brought usually pelts and it was one of major items of export and trade russians brought expensive pelts because there were no artificial force and yeah. nobility of all over the world. Turkey, Iran, all neighbors of Russia, they yeah. wanted it. And European kings, mm-hmm. they wanted it always. And Russian gifts included these pelts. Therefore, uh, aristocracy paid huge money to hunters which ventured in taiga and bring these things. That's awesome. Very cool. And Laika was instrumental. Yeah, definitely. This has helped to polish the quality of the dog. Mm-hmm. 
it was combination of heavy use for hunting mm -hmm. and minimal care. Yeah. Now, what's so since you've had like us here, what's been the best dog you've ever had? Tell me about it. How many dogs? No, like what? What's the best dog you've ever had? Uh I had a very good dog which I named Naida. Excellent squirrel dog. And my very first imports, uh, one named uh, Alec, and the female was named Shelma. Okay. Shelma is like a Russian word for she devil or <laughs> dear devil. Gotcha. And this is what she was. Very disobedient, very wild. <laughs> but at hunting, it was never got tired. And mm -hmm. she, she treated less squirrels when she was 12 years old. She was still able. Still had it. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yes. Now, how many dogs do you still have? I still I have my old pair because I'm myself 87 years old. You're 87? I'm 87. Wow. So I don't want to, to leave dogs orphans. <laughs> so this white dog is five years old. Okay. But two others are 11 years very soon. Gotcha. And so they are not at their prime condition now, mm -hmm. but the male is good and bear, this male. Alex was telling me about him. <laughs> mm -hmm. He is excellent. He showed me bears one summer, one after another. Not hunting season, mid-summer. I walked, and if not him, I would never know, because mm -hmm. bear doesn't, is not anxious to show up without big need. Mm -hmm. And he showed me bear being seven, eight months old. Wow. He already worked. And how he worked, he barked. I saw always hunting or not, I always come to see what. Mm -hmm. And I looked and, see, and suddenly I see just 50 feet from me in Sikit's young forest, big male student look at the dog, not at me, <laughs> as usual dogs. So I was not uh, brave enough, I quietly walked away. <laughs> Another time, he found a bear cub. I came up, ooh, a bear cub, little one, sitting on the tree. But I know the mother is somewhere. Yeah. Again, I retreat. And the other time, a young bear, dog size, okay. sitting on the tree. Oh, then my dogs were dancing around. And I was looking at the bear, petting them. Oh, so mm -hmm. good, good boy, very good. Of course, no shooting. Yeah. And I told my neighbor, who was avid bear hunter, and with hounds. Yep. He took me, and I'm familiar with this. It is nice, interesting pastime. It looks like yeah. more socialization, <laughs> not just hunting. Yep. People are chatting, oh, yeah. eating snacks, and that was good time together. Yep. And looking in GPS, oh, my dog made 12 miles. <laughs> but Laika doesn't do it. They are for pedestrian. For yeah. Walking hunter who doesn't have anything, he, he would not go 12 miles after anything. So it's like a silent on tracks. Yep. And when bear is close, she's bluffing, jumping and barking. Mm -hmm. And bear seeing this dog, climbs tree. Okay, come up and shoot. Yeah. No chasing over miles. <laughs> yeah, Alex said most of his chases are real short. Know, yes, yes. A couple hundred yards, but, yes, but, but he, like, he walks a long way. Oh, yes, before finding. But when found, it's very short. Yep. So, well, because black bear, 
But brown beer is more difficult because it is more aggressive. Oh, yeah. And sometimes it doesn't climb tree, it doesn't stay, mm-hmm. just runs. So the dog should nip him in the butt to make him take yep. def- defensive. Mm-hmm. But they hunt brown bear, they have no black bear in yep. Europe and Russia. But for bear, black bear, it is just right, very nice. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Have anything else you want to tell us about these Lycas? I don't know what to say. <laughs> if you have any questions specifically. Okay. Nothing that I can think of. I, I really just wanted to know about the history of them. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex said you, you were a wealth of knowledge on that and how, how they got here. And yes, I remember in the early 2000s, so I was just starting to get into, well, trying to, f- trying to get into hunting with dogs because mm-hmm. I, I was a kid that grew up with my parents didn't hunt or anything. So mm-hmm. the internet was kind of new and I stumbled across your website. Mm-hmm. And ah, so okay. uh, I, I read a lot about a lot, the Leicas, yes. you know, when, in, mm-hmm. when your early website. And yes. So. Yes, it is something interesting and new. And uh, like many, on many occasions, uh, immigrants bring something good to America from elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Okay, I brought this Leica. <laughs> so I live in this country. I'm very happy. Our family was accepted here. Yeah. And this is what I made my contribution. It's a heck of a contribution. Because like you said, they're they're well known now in the squirrel hunting world. And Alex is making a name for the Leicas in the bear hunting world. Oh, yes. He's, he's a remarkable person. His English is perfect. Very good. It is. He's a good writer. Yes. Yes. You can read this addendum. I, I will. <laughs> I definitely will. Yeah, so I hope he will continue my work. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm old, but I don't know how how long I will stay. But I done my part. He you, will do his part. You certainly have. But I really appreciate you letting me come and visit you tonight. And mm-hmm. I know it's a little bit late. <laughs> oh no problem. We don't sleep this early. Thank you very much. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Tree Talking Media. And until next time. Keep them talking in the timber.